Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Ladd, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 16 of the Running Rules Podcast, Running Injuries with Physio Joanne Patterson. It was amazing to get this chat with Joanne. Um, she's fixed so many of my own issues throughout the years and is a major reason why I keep running strong today. Uh, and her knowledge is fantastic. I think you're going to learn a huge amount from this all about running injuries. One thing that we talked about quite a bit in this podcast, which you'll hear in a few moments, is how good running planning or good planning of your overall schedule can really help with eliminating or minimizing those injuries that you might uh, experience. And one of the things I'd really like to know is how you go about planning and making sure that your own training is well-balanced and well-scheduled. Is that through online plans? You print off a plan that's online and you use that? Or is it that you are a part of a club and you get support on how to adapt things as you go? Or do you have a coach who can schedule and adapt those sessions as you go through the training cycle? If you don't have any of these support mechanisms in place and you feel like you need something to keep you on track and keep you moving towards your target then check out my coaching page on the website i'm going to be adding in a couple new options in there one that's going to be a plan only and the second one option that's going to be a club where you can get support as you go through so you don't have to go for the full one-to-one coaching option if you don't feel that's right for you straight away But I do feel that most people need something to keep them on track, even if it's just a bespoke plan or um, a bit of accountability there. So do check out the coaching page. It's www.therunningrules.com forward slash coaching. Okay, it's time for me to play you my conversation with Joanne Patterson on running injuries. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I think you will. Let us know if you do. Hello and welcome back to the Running Rules podcast and I've got a very special guest today with me, Joanne Patterson. We're going to be talking about running injuries. Joanne is a chartered physiotherapist with 10 years experience working with runners of all abilities, weekend warriors, couch to 5k to professional athletes, two extreme endurance runners and also me. Um, I'm not sure which bucket I fit into there. Um, I've been working with Joanne for I was trying to remember about four or five years um, and we've been uh, going from starting off with me being very reactive and going to Joanne where she would fix anything that was wrong with me that I'd done throughout my running uh, and now we're trying to be a, a lot more proactive and I credit with Joanne for keeping me running and keeping me stronger uh, as I get older as well. Um, Joanne's also a Pilates instructor and a runner, a very experienced runner herself, which we might get into as well. So welcome, Joanne, to the show. Hi, Alan. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to share share my knowledge with you today and, yeah, just to have a good chat. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you on. Um, like I say, um, I think there's three people I credit for keeping me going and keeping me stronger and you're in that three so I've got Louise who is my support for all that I do and then I've got Johnny my coach and I've got you as my physio so the three together is what keeps me going and stronger but if we can just uh talk about you for a little minute um if you oh, could no. give us a, a little bit <laughs> of your backstory I'm interested to know um how you got into running and and physiotherapy were you always sporty when you were younger? Um, yeah. Was it something you always wanted to do? Uh, how did that look like in the early yeah. years? Um, I always loved sport. Like from my earliest memories, I have loved all sports. I was a kid, 
I just did everything like with all the boys. I was always in all the boys teams playing football, um, tag rugby, tennis, cricket, running, hockey, just whatever I could get my hands on. I loved it. Just wanted to be outside all the time. Um, and then I suppose that kind of that natural progression then moved into when I was in secondary school and um, I then when I started to think about possible careers and all I really knew at that stage was that kind of stereotypical idea of physio running onto a pitch and I thought oh that's in a sporting environment um I love all sports but I don't really focus too much on one so that might suit me really well and I I've always kind of um, been interested in healthcare I think my natural like personality type I like to help people so I thought right this seems like a good fit I did some work experience um, in a physiotherapy practice in Markerfelt which is where I'm from when I was 15 and yeah I just had a great experience with that physio who I'm still in touch with um, Teresa Hastings and I, I then thought yeah this kind of seems like a good fit so at that stage it was more sports lots of hockey lots of tennis not particularly running actually didn't enjoy running back then I, <laughs> I, I think I kind of back then it was very much running was nearly like a punishment as, as in go running because you guys haven't been listening at training and we're just going to send you to run because yeah you, you're not allowed to do skills just yet um and then it was I suppose it was then then laterally when I went to uni and it just then became something that was that I started to do because I didn't have maybe that much time around studying and I was in another um the new ass another club at university and that took up a lot of time and I wanted it to so running was really like useful at that stage because I could just quickly you know put the shoes on go out the door go for a quick run and try to maintain some level of fitness in between drinking and being a typical student um so then once I left uni I kind of just gradually um built on I think I set myself like a little plan I downloaded something off the internet it was all really basic I didn't really have much clue at that point in terms of how to plan runs or length of runs how quick to go or anything like that it was just simply going out and enjoying it putting the shoes on a little bit of headspace um and then it kind of just built from there then I got a little bit of a bug enjoyed it enjoyed that idea of going out and having my own time um put on some headphones listen to music and yeah it kind of progressed there maybe my competitive edge kicked in where I then set myself some goals some big challenges and worked through those so yeah I think that's that's really it that sounds um in a way a little bit similar to to my journey but I wasn't in nowhere near as sporty as you when I was growing up but it definitely felt to me that running was something that it was like a punishment I remember at games um it was the thing that all the people who weren't in the teams had to go and do. And then, yes, definitely something that I picked up later on um, for more of a headspace and more because it was easy to get into as, a, as an individual. Um, did you, at that point, you said you picked up plans then off the internet. Were, were you looking at that point to get into any kind of um, races or events? What what was the first thing that you you got yourself into and how did you do that? Good question, Alan. Um, first race, I think the first race I did was a thing called Tough Guy, which was a half marathon in England, but it was included like big A-frames, obstacle courses, through mud, barbed wire, all this kind of thing. And because it was a much longer distance than what I was used to. So I had been up to that point, just going out on a run with like a, Casio Mark II, no timer, stop watch, just go and run, run for half an hour. There's like laps of the pitch, come back in, done. So then when I realized, okay, I need to be able to run um for 13.1 miles, I'm going to try to plan for that because I understand that if I don't, I might not complete it or I might complete it and end up wrecking myself in the process. So yeah, that was probably the first um race that I entered. And then then possibly after that, like 10Ks around England, Northern Ireland. Um, and then I suppose slowly built up then obviously to marathons and things over the years. Brilliant. We might get back uh, if we've got time at the end to talk about some of those 
marathons and uh, events because I know you've gone quite extreme with that but it's interesting <laughs> to hear uh where you got started with all that but if we can go on to the, the main topic of what we want to talk about today which is injuries um I guess the first thing I was wondering when I was putting these questions together is what we actually class as an injury because quite often I I feel bad for telling people that I'm injured when I'm actually still running so um the term might mean different things to to different people based on their experiences I think some people might think that an injury is something that stops you from running altogether like a break or something or to me I, I feel like I've got injuries quite often that we've worked through where I've been able to keep on running so what do you class as an injury and how would you categorize the different types of injuries that we have yeah so how I would class an injury as an injury is it's pain or discomfort in an area which can then restrict you doing what you want to do or limiting you doing that to the best of your ability um, whether that be in sport or in daily life so to me that's what an injury is so yes injuries are they're not all kind of injuries that would mean you have to stop running in fact very few are um, most runners that would present to me I would say anywhere around kind of 80 percent mark that I would keep them running so um, we would then classify obviously so when somebody comes in um, and we would assess them from that initial appointment point of view we would assess well um, right how are we going to classify this injury so we would categorize that in different ways so obviously the site of the injury is it a bone is it tendon is it ligament is it muscle is it joint um and then is it muscle is it nerve so that would be then the site of it so what tissue what structure in the body is currently being irritated then we class if there's been a specific mechanism so something that's caused it so say for example you've ruled your ankle we would then class that into the time from the onset of that injury. So is it an acute injury? Is it the first kind of not to four days is what typically we would class as acute? Um, so is it acute? So does that require a short period of rest? And then we can start to build back into um, running or whatever specific activity you want you want to do after that acute period where it's typically characterized uh, characterized by swelling inflammation maybe restricted range of motion after that we go into then the subacute phase it's normally five to 14 days um and again that would be about then well how do we gradually grade this this person that's come in to see us and get them back into their sport and do that in a really safe and effective way so that we can you know avoid the risk of future injury then down the line um I suppose then depending on if it's a muscle, a tendon, a joint, um, if it is an injury that has happened acutely, so there's been a, a sprain or a strain, we can also grade those. So we grade that in a like a grade one, two or three for most muscle strains. Or if it was a tendon, then um, grade one, two or three in terms of a tear in the tendon or has that tendon actually, which is quite rare, has that tendon been ruptured? Um, so there's lots of different ways that we would class injuries um, and that would obviously then influence our management approach and like how we ne need to maximize the tissue healing so we can really get the best results then from um, whoever it is that's coming to see us we can help them get back to their goals as quickly as they can with less as little risk as possible of this injury be being a recurring thing and being possibly something that would actually limit your ability to run or your ability to run really well in the future so that would be the key thing there um so i think that's encouraging that um encouraging to hear that 80 percent of injuries you would still be able to run with um would those be more of the ones that aren't acute so you talked about acute injuries there and i guess yeah. that's you yeah. know if you've you know turned your ankle over or stepped off a pavement or, or something that's happened that's you know you can pinpoint that particular moment that that injury happened that would be an acute injury um what what are the what's the other type of injuries then that you, you would be talking about like um you know overuse injuries can you talk Absol to us about absolutely those? so I suppose in in the majority of runners it would be those kind of overuse injuries that um, we would see a lot more often 
Um, and with an overuse injury, then it's very much about well trying to find initially, trying to find a balance and the sweet spot. So what is within your training and your running? How can we adapt that and how can we tweak that and adjust that to find the sweet spot so that that part of the body isn't becoming overloaded and isn't reacting and becoming sore and there's a pain response to it? Can we find a nice sweet spot? So we're doing, you know, the, the kind of right level of running at that point in time for you. And then obviously look at lots of the other factors that um, would influence well, why that injury came around in the first place. And then obviously help you and build a plan towards okay, do we need to focus a little bit more on strength and conditioning or did that injury and that overuse injury come around because of errors in the way that you train, um, which is very, very common. So certainly with overuse injuries, it's very much about finding the balance, striking a balance with it and then building an, an approach and understanding how to either manage that or, you know, is there some small little tweaks that we can make to just get you back kind of up to speed as soon as possible? Um, but that's obviously just very much based on the individual and judging that from from when I would see them. And judge and from my own experience and and injuries that I've brought to you, we have looked back in my training and and highlighted things that might have caused this the these overuse injuries. Um, and one thing that I didn't really think about until I'd had some of those things was. It's not necessarily just volume alone um, that's going to cause these injuries. There's other factors like um, elevation, I guess, and uh, more intensity. Um, what are all those different factors and are any of them sort of more prevalent to causing injuries, do you think, than others? Or is it is it very difficult to be able to, to quantify it like that? Yeah, so in terms of that, the question that you asked me is why do runners get injured and this to me that was something that I kind of delved quite deeply into because there are so many different factors that would influence an injury the first one that I would like to talk about is load um, so actually recent research has shown us that 80% of runners injuries are linked to load um, so first of all well what is load what does that word actually mean uh, word load would be the daily stress and strain that you put on your tissues as you run and as you go about your activities of daily living. So, you know, thinking about hiking up in the mornings, um, carrying shopping bags, going on, on a walk. Like from the minute that you wake up in the morning to the minute that your head hits the pillow at night, your body and certain tissues in the body undergo load. Um, so we know that Injuries, like we have a much higher risk of developing an injury if we are overloading our body and our body doesn't have the capacity to tolerate that load, or if we have what we actually believe to be more um, specific to running injuries now is a rapid change in load. So, have we kind of quite quickly or quite suddenly changed the amount of loading that we're doing? Um, and the excessive load in tissues then would obviously that can cause pain or irritation at that site. Um, if we're looking at load with different variables and if we're thinking a little bit more specifically about just running I suppose to start with well load we would class load as volume so how much load are you doing how many miles are you doing the intensity of that load so is it you know a lot of fast interval fartlek hit sessions whichever terminology you want to use for that um, time so how long are you out on your feet for as a runner um, so time is a factor in load and then also the type. So is it uphill running? Is it on an uneven surface? Is it downhill? Is it, um, is it yeah, on kind of unsteady ground, things that are going to just demand a little bit more stability through the body. So there's those different variables with load then obviously as well, as I've talked about then your, the rest of your kind of outside life, there is life outside of running. Those are all things that um, put load through the body. So when um, when we, you know, we come in, so if somebody comes in and they're, they're saying to me, look, yeah, I, I kind of suddenly um, added on a lot extra mileage. I was running for longer. I was going faster. And outside of my runs, I have two young kids. One of them wasn't sleeping really well. So I was actually not getting a lot of sleep. And it meant I was eating pretty badly. And that then can be... Uh, like 
you know, it's that idea of it's not necessarily just one thing. Loading is probably the key thing with running injuries, but there's other factors that would really influence, well, why do we then start to, um, you know, develop these overuse conditions, particularly one that springs to mind, which would be tendinopathy, which is what we would commonly see. It used to be called tendonitis, but tendinopathy would be a, a really good example of an overuse injury. Um, and I suppose as physios and in the, in the health professions, so doctors, physios, nurses, how we used to um, how we used to classify injuries and these musculoskeletal injuries that we get, we very much worked on what we called a medical model. So the only thing that's created your pain is the tissue. So the issue is the tissue. And that's the only thing that is, is going wrong here. There's um, a strain in that muscle or in that tendon, it shows up that there's a little bit of an issue. But actually what we've then moved towards through research and through understanding a lot more about our health is we've moved towards what's called a biopsychosocial model. And that's through the understanding of these other factors have a big a big impact on what can cause injury. So things like stress, poor nutrition, poor sleep, our age or gender, um, even previous injury history, um, all of those things have um, an impact as to why we would develop that injury. Um, and as well as that, then obviously our our belief system so if we kind of break that up biopsychosocial so the bio would be our body so yes that would be our the tissues in our body the muscles and the joints and how they cope with what we want them to do and are they strong enough and resilient enough to be able to manage the amount of load that we do so that would be the the bio side of it the psycho side of it would then be our stress anxiety attitudes beliefs around an injury you know there's this kind of idea i think that can exist of oh, if I keep running the tendon will rupture or, oh, I can't run any further because that'll do a lot more damage. And there's these beliefs that um, obviously can exist out there around different injuries and what they actually mean. And that's the big thing for me as a physio is about breaking down the belief system and really understanding through the science and, you know, what exists out there to help whoever, any of my clients to understand, well, no, you know, if you strengthen that tendon up and you load it up and you do that really well over time and you've got those other little things in place, then, you know, you can get stronger and you can run further and running is is very, very good for your tendons, but we just have to keep that at a manageable level. Then lastly, I suppose the social side of it and actually how that can impact injury is, again, looking at more holistic health approach of, you know, do we have a good support system? You know, again, are we are we having some anxiety in our life at this point in time is that impacting our sleep um you know are we going through some struggles in our personal life so these things are really important as well when we're looking at the the bigger picture of injury so yes load and our training errors and loading too quickly and you know bunching up sessions all at once and then not training for a long time and then doing it all again those are are, are probably the key but the wider picture of this and the holistic side are just as important when it comes to the management and really helping clients get down to the bottom of well, why are these injuries reoccurring? I think that's something that's a really nice conversation to have to understand. Well, actually, um, a lot of these injuries are normal and there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, and it's just working with, you know, physio that you trust and that, you know, is really listening to you to help educate you as a runner educate you as a person and help to empower you because ultimately you know we we want to be able to work with clients help them achieve their goals that's what I want to be able to do is you know keep everybody running for whatever reason it is that they want to do it and keep everyone enjoying the things that they love to do whether that is running or you know going and doing the park run once a week just at whatever level it is for you or whether if you're a new mum and you want to get back to you know, running after having a wee one and you want your kids to see you as a positive role model, you know, it's just about understanding what the injury is, how it was caused and the bigger picture of how it was caused. It wasn't just that, you know, you wore red shorts on a Saturday and that was the day that your your knee got sore. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's that would be um, a little bit on, well, why do, why do runners get injured?
so much good stuff in there um thanks yeah um, yeah a lot of that a lot of that Alan, could actually be a podcast on its own <laughs> an episode on its own <laughs> no so much good stuff in there and i'd be i'd love to know if anyone's ever come into you and said oh i think i've injured myself because of all red shorts though <laughs> i'd love to know that but um, oh no patient confidentiality i can't i can't oh, no. tell you that <laughs> but it kind of makes me realize that um, in a way where, you know, as a running coach, I'm, I'm, I see my, my job as trying to improve runners and, and make them more confident and faster if they want to. But actually a lot of what I do is, is exactly what you've just been talking about there, trying to get the load right to avoid injury, you know, build up slowly, making sure sessions are spaced out making sure though also not just in the in the running side of things that if there are things in people's personal lives where they are stressed at work or they've gone for a hike in the mornings like I did yesterday I think that's why you brought that up um <laughs> that these things are not you know separate from the run the running is not separate from everything else we've only got one body that has to do everything in our lives as well as the physical stuff it has to deal with the mental side of things as well. And all of that places a, a strain on the body, but it does really make me realize that a lot of what I do is exactly what you say. And it's, it's trying to make sure that people don't get injured because the, the surefire way to, for people to regress or not progress is by being injured. You know, no one can really improve whilst they're injured. So if I can't keep runners, um, on the road and um fit to do what they, they want to do then that makes my job very difficult and you know you then have to just wait and and try and rehab it and it takes it all takes time i guess that moves into the next sort of sub question i was going to ask is are injuries then inevitable if you are striving to push yourself to to higher levels is there always sort of a fine line there that it's difficult to know whether you're going to cross that line or not. Um, in other words, it, is it unrealistic to think that you would go through your running career, especially if you're trying to keep pushing yourself onto higher things without getting injured? Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and it's a balance. It's a total. It's a balancing act, of course. If you expect to, you know, run week in, week out, year in, year out, and you want to do that well into your your seventies, your eighties, whatever it is, of course you're going to pick up something here or there, and it's just knowing that that's okay and that that is normal. But it's how, what's our approach then, and how do we be proactive about that, and what can we do, and what can we learn from running coaches, from physios, as to, um how to manage as best we can the things that we can control what we can put in place and be proactive and positive about to prevent um the risk of injury and then obviously what can we do if it does come about you know if if it isn't just a little niggle and it is something that is starting to you know impact us and how we are running then go and speak to you know come in to see me go to go to see a physio someone that you trust that can help you then understand the injury and educate you on that and get you back on track with it and um, you know very much and if if we're looking at well you know what should what should runners do on you know a weekly basis I think that was one of your your questions for me and how to avoid injury Um, I think there's there's just there's lots of kind of nice things that we can put in place to help and um, reduce the risk of that. And obviously the first one would be plan your training. Um, again, if you are, you know, slightly more serious about your running or not even if you're serious about it, but if you want to do it and obviously avoid um, getting injured and, you know, stay nice and consistent with it, maybe work towards a goal of a, you know, a 5K or run a 10K in the summer or whatever it is, it'd be plan your training. So, you know, have a, have a plan as to how often you're going to run, what those sessions will look like, have a nice mix between your slower runs, your 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 fast, your tempo runs, running for speed, um, and an endurance based run have a nice mix of that. Plan your recovery is a really big one. So plan, you know, your rest. Have like really meaningful rest. So you know, going to bed early, like not staying up on Instagram and on Facebook if you've got a really long run tomorrow or if you've just completed that. So plan for recovery. 
um, and you know moving through your training program make gradual changes and then monitor your response to those would be another big one so you know not kind of suddenly rapidly increasing our speed or volume or the intensity of our runs but gradually changing monitor monitor your response to that um, and that's kind of having that nice balance between fatigue and fitness and um, because if we you know if we've got fitness minus fatigue well that equals performance and then we can perform really well if we're training well but we're also recovering well whereas if we're not recovering and we've too much fatigue in our body we can't improve our fitness as well as we want to and then it will struggle to perform so very much it would be about just having that nice proactive approach like speaking to a coach or just having a kind of rough plan to begin with and if you do feel that you need more help with it then certainly you know go and access a coach I think it's just it's absolutely you know the best money that you'll spend is just getting a nice wee support network around you people that you can bounce ideas off or you know you can touch base with every now and again um, and obviously if you have a, an injury history then yeah come in what I would do is assess your strength you know assess just your the capacity around that so you know your if you had an Achilles injury what's the calf strength like what's your ankle range of motion so looking at lots of these different things which can just help us down the line and often with it as I often find you know when we're picking up these things earlier on then it prevents it from becoming something a lot more problematic so you know maybe missing a couple of days at the start of a plan rather than missing two or three weeks or you know not actually achieving your goals at the end of a plan so being proactive is, is one thing that I would say speak to you know get get to know like a, a little network of people family friends people that obviously care and look out for you and also you know professionals like myself or Alan where um, we've just got that that knowledge around it to help you achieve your goals and stay on track with it. Yeah I think that's really key is just even having one other person to to bounce ideas off sometimes when you just get stuck in your own head and you can either think that something's way worse than it is or you can think that something will get better and it's not and and I I remember actually coming into you I can't remember which injury was it it was because it's been so many <laughs> I'm making I'm making you sound bad here <laughs> but uh it's more a reflection on on me and my my, my running but uh Joanne has fixed everything that I've ever come into her with but I do remember quite early on um getting quite frustrated with something that I didn't feel was shifting and just a simple thing that you did in each session which was rating how much pain there was or how frequent that pain was and and you would document that every time I came in and you were able to say that I remember that day you were able to correct me and well and say well, actually, what you've just described, the pain level's down and the frequency's down, so actually you're making progress. And I was there complaining. But sometimes when you're in your own head <laughs> and you think Alan, nothing's honestly, ever getting... You weren't, you weren't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I think sometimes you, it's hard to realize that the progression that you've made when if either you don't document things yourself in terms of you know, the, the pain level or the, the, the frequency or, or whatever it is, if, if you don't have these markers or if you don't have that other person to, sort of, uh, to, to talk to about it and they can ask you maybe a bit more objective questions. Sometimes it's very subjective when it's, when it's, when it's you and it's your injury and it's your body. Um, what, is there any way of telling for, for people out there if something is more serious than just a, an an ache or a pain that you might just get anyway after um, a tough session, let's say. Um, so you're not going to be feeling necessarily 100% the next day after, after no. a, yeah. a, a great, a hard session. But yeah, of is, course. Is there any ways or good ways of telling whether something is, is a more of a, a serious issue than just a niggle? Yeah, if something is persistent, and you know it's not clearing up or it's reoccurring or if you've got like significant swelling or weakness around that area well that's a sign that there might be something else going on certainly that's a point to go and um go and see a physio and get that assessed and um, 
And again, if it is, we all get niggles and we all expect that after long runs, of course, we're going to be sore. We're going to be tight after marathons. These things are very, very normal because we are pushing our bodies to the limit. And a marathon, if we're thinking of that kind of race distance particular, is really, really tough. So it's normal um, to expect that after that you will get tight calves. You're going to get things that are, you know, that you would expect after you're pushing your body to the limit, really. Um, but if something's persistent, it isn't clearing up, it's reoccurring, or if it limits you from doing what you want to do, whether it is day to day and just, you know, as you kind of make your way around the house or going out to the shops, if you're if you're not able to do that or it's limiting your running, then certainly go and get it seen too. And the sooner, the better, really, to just understand, is it something that's going to need a little bit further digging or is it something that with a couple of little tweaks and um, adjustments and adapting a few things here and there that we can really help you get on top of it and clear it up sooner rather than later yeah that's great advice um i do wonder whether some people are a bit reluctant to go and seek help especially when they they don't know someone that they've been to before um that you know that they've gotten well with or i quite often have in the club or outside of the club or my own clients people who have the have niggles and I'll be telling them to go and see you and they might be a bit reluctant for, for different reasons. Um, I think some people um, rely a bit heavily on the RICE protocol or um, price as it was, I think, um, protect, um, rest, ice, compression, elevation. And I can see that that might help for some injuries in some circumstances, possibly like acute injuries that you talked about at, at the start. Um, but is that still good practice? I mean, is that really more of a placebo effect for some people um, with certain injuries, uh, relying on that kind of protocol when they really should be going to, to see a physio? Is there a, something better that they should be doing? Yeah, so with an acute injury and especially if there's swelling we've where the evidence has moved us more towards now is what uh, an acronym called police so p for being um protect so there's an element of okay we'll, we'll think it we'll kind of talk again in terms of an ankle sprain because it's possibly the most acute injury that a runner would experience most other injuries as we said are generally more the overuse and where we've um, just not struck that balance completely with load so with a rolled ankle, yes, you have to protect it because if we continue to run on a rolled ankle, well, we will get more swelling with it. And then optimally load, so that's what the OL means. Optimally load means when it is safe to do so, then start to introduce load again into those tissues because that promotes healing and that helps the structures around that area heal um, optimally. So, you know, we can generate a little bit of... Um, pressure through the joints and the ligaments and that can help to prevent deconditioning of muscles um, and weakness and then the the eye would be ice so there is still some evidence to support the use of ice um, again that would help to manage swelling so normally with that if there's obvious swelling you know get frozen peas just don't make anything prawns or something too fancy that you don't want to um, <laughs> you don't want to defrost out of the freezer. Frozen peas, 10 to 20 minutes, two or three times a day. And that's normally in the first week post-acute injury. So there is still evidence to support the use um, of ice. Um, protect optimally load, ice compress. So compress would be the likes of a tubey grip, a little bandage, and then elevate. So get the area up and that's certainly with an acute injury where there's pain and swelling that's obvious and um, in some cases you I, we wouldn't advise optimally loading so if there is significant swelling or bruising well then you might need a period where you know we're in crutches or we're in a boot you know especially if there's a sign there might be like an underlying little fracture in there then that's certainly something that you know go to see a physio seek medical advice on that um because that could be something that's just going to need a, a, a very different rehab approach. Um, but if in doubt, get it checked out. If you're not sure, the best thing to do is go to speak to somebody. You will, you'll thank yourself for it and it'll just be time and money well spent rather than kind of sitting in limbo land wondering what should I do, when can I return to running? So if you're in doubt and it's something that you don't think is just a normal 
like I've just had a little tweak here, which we all do, then, you know, go and see someone. We'll certainly help you then grade your return back to running as quickly as we can. I think that's always my advice, really. And it it always feels a bit of a cop out for me, but, you know, it's not it's not my area of expertise. I'm not a medical professional. So it really is, you know, I would say the exact same thing. If if, If it's something that you're worried about, then it's best just to get it checked out because I mean, the worst thing is it's a a bad injury and you actually need help with it. And so taking it to a professional is what you need to do anyway, or the opposite end of it, it's nothing. And you've paid for one session and you've got peace of mind from that. It's still worth, you know, getting, getting that checked out. I think with that in mind, um, if we can move on to what, what the most common running injuries that you see presenting in the clinic are and be interested to hear what these are and how many of them I can tick off my list. (laughs) So possibly top of the list would be Achilles tendinopathy. Um, That, yeah, that would probably just sneak above general tendinopathy so I have broken the tendinopathies up so Achilles tendinopathy your Achilles is the tendon which runs from your heel bone your calcaneus and then it attaches up into your calf so what we know about tendons is that um, tendons respond to loads when we exceed the capacity of that tendon to cope with the load that we're putting through it then that tendon can have a pain response and it can be in that reactive state where that's the first phase where it's quite acutely sore or if we've got a longer term tendon problem that we haven't um you know engaged with rehab that tendon can start to move into a phase of what's called disrepair and eventually then those longer term tendinopathies that aren't very well managed then they would eventually they can go into a state of degeneration but certainly with an Achilles tendinopathy you know there's been so much research that has been carried out on it over the last few years and a lot coming from Australia Professor Jill Cook who's fantastic in tendons and what we now understand is we want to get the balance right so we want to build up that tendons capacity to tolerate load and we and I would do that through strengthen the tendon ensuring that there's good control around that body parts around the ankle good range of motion through it so you know that you can get good dorsiflexion which is the toes coming up to the shin that you're able to tolerate the load that you you need your achilles to do for you whether that's marathons 5k sprints whatever type of runner that you are um so certainly we'd look at then you know doing that over time and really getting a tendon nice and strong and understanding that actually tendons really adapt and they cope well with load but we just have to get that loading right we have to make sure that you know the other things around that tendon the calf muscles they're nice and strong we've got good strength in the little intrinsic muscles in the foot and we've got good range of motion good controls you can kind of see already how there's lots of other things that really help that tendon out as we would strengthen and load that tendon up and ultimately you know find that sweet spot for you to help keep you running at a good level to really you know get the best results in the long term Um, so that's Achilles tendinopathy in a little bit of a nutshell um, what kind of what kind of strength exercises would we you be talking about for that and obviously what we don't want is for people to hear hear our suggestions here and then go full scale on the big you know <laughs> yeah, what, what like they're not a, used to but you know totally and I think I think people are generally getting a lot better understanding this kind of Instagram model or on Facebook and one exercise fixes all I think people know now that that's not the case and again it's finding out what's your current level you're an individual you're unique you're not the same as anybody else your past medical history isn't the same as anyone else your ability to tolerate load and you know your current kind of strength and capacity is going to be different to someone else so that's what we need to find out that's the first port of call is finding out what's your current load tolerance so what can your Achilles tolerate once we understand that then we have a variety of different exercises that we would we would kind of interject that so if we have like a very painful Achilles which um is and the calf's quite weak and that that person's really not tolerating a lot of running then we go to isometrics that's they've been proven and um, isometrics have been proven to um work really well with pain relief and then we've got different ways that we would load that up through concentric eccentric and eventually plyometrics like a faster more explosive 
um, jumps and bounds, hops, those kind of things to mimic what happens to tendon during that gait cycle. So lots of different ways. Calf raises would be one, you know, working another muscle, the soleus, um, you know, little like kind of lunge, heel lifts. There's lots of different ways that we would do it on a, on a leg press machine in the gym, getting the calf raises in there. So we've got a little bit of weight through it. But again, it's just finding out for that person what can they do at the moment and what, you know, how far can they run before the onset of discomfort or pain? And then what, what's our entry level point? What's that safe entry point that we can come in at and help build them a plan? And the key to any plan is gradually progressing it. So we're progressing that plan over time to you know, gradually build up the capacity in that tendon. And whether you've had a tendonopathy for 10 years or whether you've had your first episode two weeks ago, you know, there's always room for improvement with it because whether or not that tendon's going to cope with a lot of load, there's other areas that we can strengthen up to help you manage the load in the tendon as you run. Um, Would you be able than... to just um, go through those those terms again, just in case Sorry. anyone doesn't know <laughs> wh- what they what they mean? Because I know a few years ago, I wouldn't have known what the difference between isometric and concentric, eccentric, plyometric, that sort of scale is. So if you could just go through each one very briefly, just yeah. to explain, that would be great. Yeah, so as I said, there's so many different kind of forms of strength training that we can use. Um, So if anybody's engaging with that and is listening, um, there's lots of different ways that we can do it. But if pain is the most predominant feature, then we would start with heavy, slow resistance training. Normally that is an isometric where you're statically engaging that tendon, that muscle without any movement. Um, and we would load that up quite heavy and get things nice and strong, get the pain to settle. And once we're quite happy that, that the tendon can tolerate those isometrics and pain isn't as much a feature for that for that injury and your pain starting to really well settle, then we can build up the strength over time. The next phase then would be generally we'd look at um, there's lots of different approaches. I generally favor um concentric and eccentric exercise so um your your concentric first of all is where you're getting a muscle to contract and engage as it shortens and eccentric is where you're putting load and weight through that muscle and tendon as it lengthens and then the last phase that we would um always work towards before um you know to get really good successful um outcome from that rehab is plyometrics so that's then building the tendon and the muscle and the person up to that point where they're able to tolerate, you know, faster, short, sharp movements where there's um, speed involved. So jumping, bounding, hopping, A jumps, B skips, and these kind of drills, um, that again, are really useful for helping us to perform as well. Because that's often what I find with tendinopathies. It's really useful that we can identify, well, what other wee weaknesses have been going on that's led to this injury? Can we work and help you work in those and make you a better runner, get you hit some PBs and you know, enjoy your running a lot more with, with um, you know, without the, the same risk level or without um, having that niggle that's plagued you for a long time. And and again, I'm with it. Like there's this misconception, I think, of um, doing strength and conditioning or doing strengthening exercises when maybe you, you have an injury, you don't have an injury, that they have to be for hours every week, which a lot of the time isn't realistic for a lot of us that, we work full time, we have social lives, we have lots of other things, kids, piano lessons, whatever it is. Like doing um, a lot and, of running. <laughs> yeah, doing a lot of running, exactly. <laughs> Whereas um, there's been a piece of research that has has come out. It's a quite a big trial that they studied with strength and condition runners. And they found that at that kind of level, when you've built up your strength and you've got that to a good point and you know, you're clear of that injury, like a maintenance level might only be 20 um, minutes of strength work two to three times a week. So it can be just very manageable to fit into your schedule. So it's certainly worth, it's really worth it. And that's such a um, a key point in avoiding injury is, is your strength and your conditioning and understanding what areas um, will benefit from strengthening, from control, from flexibility and doing that um, yeah, with your physio. Um, other than that, uh, next on the list yeah we'll go for a top maybe go for a top three here top three yeah of top three um next on the list would be proximal hamstring tendinopathy so again this is another 
tendinopathy so where we have <laughs> that's a tick from me um, i was just I'll I'll give a tick. <laughs> that's two 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 out of two for me i think so far <laughs> so that pht hamstring tendinopathy we'll call it um that's where your hamstring muscle which is the muscle that runs from the back of your knee up to your bum that's where that muscle travels up the back of the leg and then at the very end it turns that muscle turns into a little tendon and that tendon attaches itself onto the bone in your bum which is called your ischial tuberosity, but that tendon wraps itself around there. And again, as with all tendons, it's when that the capacity of that tendon has been exceeded. So that tendon just didn't have enough strength. And maybe the control around the hip area um, was having an impact. There wasn't maybe enough flexibility around that area, or there's been other things or previous injury history or a sudden change in training load or training volume that's meant that that tendon's become a bit reactive and it's become sore and irritable. So that's certainly one I'd see quite a lot. Um, not just in runners, actually. It's um, hamstring tendinopathies would generally be more common in um, kind of your weekend warriors. So anyone out there that, um, you know, would try to condense a lot of their training into smaller chunks. Um, age profile, really, with that is anything from... 30, potentially right up to 60 would be more um, risk factor for tendinopathies. Um, and then certainly with hamstring tendinopathy, again, we'd follow that very kind of structured, similar approach. We find that entry point. We find what can you do at this point in time? And then we spend time to get the pain to settle. And tendons do take longer to respond um, than muscles. So tendons to respond to the, the rehabilitation and to that stimulus and to like a training session, say, for example. They can take 24 to 36 hours to recover from that. So when we're rehabbing a tendon, um, generally, you know, we're looking at months for that. Um, but again, that could be that you're running through that whole process. Just it might be months before, you know, you're well on top of your pain or you're pain free and you're back functioning at exactly what you want to do. Um, and yeah, with the proximal hamstring tendon, we want to strengthen that tendon up. And then we want to gradually introduce a little bit more flexion at the hip as that tendon has to lengthen out so um certainly there's a well-researched and structured approach there that we'd use to help help anybody get going with that um, and again I, I really enjoy rehabbing both of these both these areas because often it's a nice chance to see what caused this injury in the first place what can we help you with to become a better runner and a, a better runner for longer um, lastly um would be low back pain um Possibly three out of three. Well, I don't know if I can say you're doing well, but yes, you're. Um, <laughs> you've ticked so, the boxes so far. <laughs> what causes lower back pain then, or yeah, is that so, a variety of different things? I think I think the first thing to say about lower back pain is it's common, and we'll all get it at some point in our life. Like we all, you know, none of us are, as we chatted about before, completely robust and resilient to picking things up and that's okay it's just about how what is your approach when it happens and um, low back pain is something that I get great results with really do and um, really help people out again whether it be to completely clear that pain up and get back to what they want to do at whatever level crossfitters um, you know gym goers people that want to just get out and walk the dog office workers whatever that is first of all it's understanding where the injury is coming from is that joint ligament muscular is that little disc which are um you know with, are within the spine so it's understanding what's the structure and what's the cause of that firstly um so that we can get a nice diagnosis on that to understand what's the rehab process and often with low back pain it's pulling apart a lot of these beliefs around low back pain because there's so many really negative beliefs that exist out there and what back pain is and what it means and there's so much fear around back pain and actually just pulling that apart first and having a really nice conversation with someone around well you know what do you think the problem is or where do you think it's coming from and understanding that you know it's only in very rare cases that we have more serious spinal conditions that are the cause of the pain that's very rare um, and they would have a very different set of symptoms but you know most commonly the majority of the time, the vast majority of the time, it's, you know, it's lifestyle factors that are having an impact on that. It's these things that we've talked about, the, you know, the stress, the lifestyle movement throughout the day, 
um, the load that you're putting in your body are you know are you doing up your house at the same time as you're self-employed you've got four kids you're walking the dog you're not sleeping very well you know and it's these things that we can really help with and we just you know providing kind of just really um providing advice maybe signposting on to other services if that's needed just helping that person understand that this is normal this is okay this is something that we can really help you get on top of and um you know it's not about wearing a brace or rubbing a cream on or you know doing these kind of things that we see flashing up on social media you know how to fix your back pain with you know a finger in your ear <laughs> like these crazy remedies or yeah or like a hammer and a chisel I've seen that before hammer and a chisel um and like you chisel the muscles just yeah the kind of crazy stuff and again it's just knowing what it is and knowing how to rehabilitate that what caused it and then what we can expect from there so back pain is certainly very common and again when it comes to running we're just using that approach off well is there errors in, in I don't really like the term errors but you know what's your training been like is there mistakes that have been made here that are you know kind of reoccurring is there things that we can address and help you get on top of and you know and if you know understanding well why why do you run like what's your reason what's your motivation behind running you know if we're asking somebody to stop run which I very very rarely do well you know if running's something that you do for your mental health and to keep you in a good headspace is there something that we can give you as an alternative you know cycling on a bike or you know something that's going to keep you nice and fit and give you that headspace whilst we're in this period of um of rehab but yeah those would be and those would be top three <laughs> top Plenty three of like, others I'm sure um yeah. we probably don't have time to go into now but yeah that's a great I think I think that's probably a great takeaway from this I think we're both really on the same page as to take this holistic view of a person and their life and everything that they're doing and that it's you know all interconnected and you know that can play into your running performance but it can also play into your injuries as as you've if you've as you've described there um one thing i was i was just going to ask you and put you on the spot here because i haven't included this in the questions but one one of my beliefs and this may be right or wrong is that quite often you can get injured in one place because it is sort of taking the load from other places in say the chain where that are weaker so for instance my belief of my hamstring getting injured is more is because it's taking more load in the hamstring than because my glutes are not strong enough is is that fair to say and and do you see do you see that or do you think that strengthening overall in all areas is, is going to help that absolutely yeah so again if you are presented with patellofemoral pain, so knee pain, and you know we've assessed and diagnosed that, then we want to improve your load capacity and your strength and the movement and control around the knee. But then certainly then, you know, on top of that, we want to look at the kinetic chain. So the kinetic chain has a huge impact because we're not just a knee. We've got a knee, an ankle and a hip. Um, so we would look at then, you know, move away from the knee and look at the strength and the, the movement control around the hip area and around the ankle and then that's about then piecing together kind of a nice program as to how to strengthen up these other areas but you're yeah you're, you're spot on Alan that's you know that kinetic chain and that's what we mean by that is the the chain of how things move so when you're your heel you get that initial heel strike onto the ground you load up through your ankle your knee and your hip and you're absorbing that ground reaction force and if we are are lacking or there's a deficit and in, in what we um want to be able to achieve say through the knee then we're going to have to take that load elsewhere somebody else is going to have to take a little bit of that weight on so um certainly with these injuries it's about strengthening that up and then to help us manage that load better through the tissues as we run um so yeah yeah absolutely well thanks so much this has been a really really fascinating conversation i'm sure it's helped a lot of people out there um I know we've got a couple more questions, so I'm going to do a real quick fire here to see what you yep. can come up with here, maybe in two or three sentences. But if you could come up with one tip for anyone listening who is not normally injured, what would it be? Enjoy running. <laughs> um, yeah, enjoy your running. Form a good network of people around you, family, friends, coach, physio. Talk and be open. Listen, you know, listen, be open to being educated 
get empowered, know yourself, know your body, know how to train, um, enjoy it. Okay, uh, what, yeah. one tip for anyone who is plagued by the same injury. Go to a physio. Go to yes, a good quality physio. that was the physio. correct answer. <laughs> that, that, that actually yeah. was, a, was an actual, had an actual answer there. Yeah, uh, go to a physio. Yeah, yeah, speak to somebody. Get, as everything we've discussed, yeah, get on top of it. Uh, and one tip for older runners. And now I don't... <laughs> And I'm including this one because I turned 40 last month, but um, I don't know. This could be aimed at moving into 40s bracket, 50s bracket, 60s bracket. I don't know where the the word old really starts or finishes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's getting older. So yeah, of as, course. as you get older, what's your well, mind? I think, I think the first thing that possibly should have put at the very start of the podcast was running is good for us. And it's good for bones or joints or ligaments. It's It's good. For, you know, there was a big study in America that the research found that osteoarthritis is was less prevalent in runners than it was in those other categories that they um, they researched. So actually, if we run and we run at the right level for us at that point in time, um, you know, we're doing it from a good place. Running is good for us. Um, so that's the main thing. So we definitely get into our older age. Stay strong. Enjoy it. Plan for change. You know, not making changes too quickly. Um, and allow you had a quick recovery because the older we get, we need longer to recover. That's just that's just life. That's how our bodies work. Um, and that's enjoy it. <laughs> fantastic advice. Um, quickly tell us what's next for you then, and also uh, a little bit of a a teaser maybe, because hopefully we'll be able to get you back on if you if you haven't scared you off this time. We'll get you on to talk about the 555 challenge that you did five years ago so it's now 55555 <laughs> didn't realize it was that long ago I know it's mad um what's next for me I'm going to Glastonbury in a month's I've time never been <laughs> I've actually been to a lot of music festivals and never been to Glastonbury so yeah. yeah so George got us um tickets so we're going to work at us work at it not as physio but as like stewards and then we've got access to the whole festival so go to that and then I am running um, a marathon in October, Loch Ness, but I might change it to either Chester or York because I want to try to run a quick time. Um, so I've been planning for that and I think those two would be slightly flatter. So yeah, Glastonbury, got a couple of Hindus coming up. Um, yeah, just normal life, running all through in the mix. There's a little dog behind me that listeners won't be able to see, but he um he'll come out with me in that run. So yeah, that's another top tip. Get a dog. <laughs> great, great running companion. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. What about the five five five? Oh, yeah. You want to mention um, that? We'll yeah, leave it on a cliffhanger. Um, yeah, so I ran five marathons in five days in five countries, and I ran it for the Adjfair Sing. Adjfair sing sandu leadership foundation so it's a cause very very close to me um a friend of mine at uni unfortunately um passed away uh, in in an airplane crash and his family set up a foundation to support leaders of the future so um i ran up for them and it was in northern ireland uh down south scotland england and wales so five and five days and yeah it was great look back rose tinted glasses forget all the pain that comes running five and five days but um yeah great experience and it just yeah it was one of those set a big challenge something that excites you excited me um so I was like right I'm gonna go for it but there's a teaser I'll tell you all the <laughs> the details at another stage brilliant yeah if you if you want to re uh, revisit all of that pain and uh suffering that I'm sure you endured on five marathons in five days. That's that's uh, incredible. Um, I'm sure everyone would love to hear about it. Um, finally, where can people find you uh, if they want to get uh, checked out or maybe on social media or anything? Where, where's the best place to find you? Um, Alan, yeah, well, I mean, I'm obviously happy because I know you've already referred some clients over to me. So that's definitely a good... Um, um, so you could yeah just drop me a text um, so we've got my number so if anybody wants to get in touch and arrange an appointment drop a message I currently um, am working in Belfast Back Care which is on the Antrim Road 
um, seven seven one seven seven five Antrim Road. So that's where I'm working out off at the moment. So yeah, you can you can get me there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, Joanne, today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and um, I'll be in to see you again next week. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you then. But um, uh, thank you ever so um, much for coming congrats on. Your, congrats on your PB in Boston. <laughs> thank you very much. All down to you as well. Getting me ready, getting me fit and uh, sorting out the damage from that as well. <laughs> sorting out my hamstring tear, um, which sounds worse than it was. <laughs> really it does yeah so thanks so much uh take care and uh, i'll speak to you again soon Alan, all the best thank you so much for listening to this episode i really appreciate you taking the time and i hope you've got something to take away in action in your own running finally who do you know that would enjoy this podcast if you can send them a link that would be amazing I also have lots of free content on my website, therunningrules.com, including marathon guides, nutrition guides, and pacing calculators, as well as information on my coaching services and courses, which are all designed to take you to the next level of your running journey. Have a great day, and see you for the next episode.